Luke said that Texas and Oklahoma was the game of the year, possibly, that might get topped this week as a rivalry of the Northwest. Oregon Ducks traveling to Seattle to face the Washington Huskies. This is the battle of the Pac-12. The winner will be pretty much in a good driver's seat unless they get upset somewhere down the road of the Pac-12, at least hopefully going undefeated the rest of the year, giving the Pac-12 a shot for the playoffs. With Mark Davis, Chris Kamihart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Welcome to All About the Boss Podcast. I'm Mark Davis in the Sack House with Chris Kamihart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. And we're here to recap a little college football of week six and previewing week seven. So, Chris, I start with you. Big win on the road last week for the LSU Tigers, keeping your SEC championship hopes alive. Beating the at the time ranked Missouri Tigers. How are you feeling? Yeah, I mean the the hopes are still there. They, they're kind of far. Sorry, my computer is messing up there. I didn't think my video messed up. But the hopes are still there. Uh they're slim, but they're there. Uh defense played like shit first half, but came back towards the end, showed some promise. Hopefully that motivation continues on to week seven. And uh, we show Auburn what's up like we always do. Yeah, go Tigers. Go Tigers. And Luke, um, you know, you're having a rough time. It seems like in the Big 12, you guys wanted a Power 5 conference. And it seems like you just can't beat a team in the Power 5 conference that you're in. You're 0-3. You guys lost to the backup quarterback from Kansas. Not a close game. It was a blowout. I know you didn't really watch much of it. You were in Nashville drunk as shit. But how are you feeling when you got to finally watch those highlights? I mean, I mean, you say Kansas had a backup quarterback. UCF's had a backup quarterback for the last four your weeks starter, too. So. Your starter played. No, he didn't. He played like three he, plays. He played like two, two possessions. But yeah, that goes back like, to the argument where your backup has been playing for so long, he's gotten used to it now. Yeah. Kansas backups finally played a true game for the first time too, without 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 well, having preparation too. So, well, I mean, still so, still so with our backup playing, we have one of the top offenses in in the nation still. Your yards. So yards overall problem. and running yards. So uh, it's our defense. I mean, we don't have death on defense. I mean, you go three and out a couple of times in a row, then the defense gets tired and we don't have the depth to put fresh legs down the field. So, I mean, the scores get run up that way. But, you know, it's a, it's good for, I mean, good first year for us. I mean, we're playing for bowl eligibility at this point. I mean, maybe upset a couple of teams in the Big 12 too, see what happens. I mean, we got OU next week. Not this week. We are sitting on a bye. So, Oh, John Rice Palmy should be fully healthy and good to go by then. Uh, we just released our space unis for the November 12th or 11th game. So they look pretty cool. You know, nice uh, Cape Canaveral blue is what they're calling it. So pretty excited for that. And plus, you know, rocking the Dylan Gabriel jersey because he had a big week last week. And I understand that your offense is stats-wise killing it. But when you're down 31-0, it's not just your defense. The zero dictate your offense wasn't playing well in the yeah, we still put beginning up, stages of the still game. put up 22 points at the end of the game. Garbage points, but yeah, yeah points are points. You, you said yesterday that Adam Thielen's not playing good because of garbage time. So I didn't say, stay, I didn't stay, say uh, one thing about, I didn't say one thing about Adam Thielen. Doc, wrong, wrong person. Well, Florida State. Yeah. <laughs> Florida State though, moving on. You guys got Syracuse this week. You're coming off a nice win against Virginia Tech. You guys find yourselves now in the top four after Texas lost. They moved you guys up one. And brought OU right behind y'all, so you're feeling pretty high, I'm assuming, huh? Oh, extremely high. I mean, uh, great game against Virginia Tech. Jordan Travis could take some 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 weight off his shoulders there. Uh, run offensive really well. Trey Benson, uh, absolute monster in that game, and the defense balled out. Uh, run defense is a little bit shaky, but I mean, this college football, so what do you expect? Um, but kept drones to 104 yards passing, less than four yards in average, and under a 40 QBR. So. Um, not an easy thing to do in college football, and, and, and unless you're Georgia, I mean, everybody's going to get above rushing yards. So uh, nice to see Florida State come out and finally play some defense and, and not have to rely on that heavy Jordan Travis passing game like we saw against Clemson. Yeah, 11 attempts for 200 yards is uh, going to help your quarterback out no matter what team oh, you're yeah. on. So Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I know we're about to cover it, but Texas did suffer the first loss. Uh, 
we are now five and one on the season lost to our rivals, Oklahoma. We could not repeat as back-to-back red river rivalry uh, winners, but lost by four puts us back at number nine. The AP poll still respects us. We'll see, I guess in a couple of weeks when they do the official college football playoff rankings where the committee starts to put some of our teams at and, kind of what we have to see with the what if situations like i know we texted about like you know now texas is officially in the what if mode you know we need a couple teams to lose and we need to win out obviously beat oklahoma i hope oklahoma wins out i'm rooting for them to to get to the big 12 championship at 12 and 0 so if we do play them it makes that win just to look a little more better than rather than being a couple rankings down so but let's cover it that's what i said well that's why i said if we win out and we play them i want them to be 12 and 0 i want them to be as high as they could possibly be. So when we beat them, hopefully it gives us a chance for that for one of the four spots. But let's talk about it, boys. The Red River rivalry in Dallas, Texas, the Cotton Bowl, Texas State Fair. We, we know all about it. <clears throat> Oklahoma came out. They are a little undersized compared to Texas. They on the, the video, the tape, they weren't there before the game. They're not as fast as physical, but their coach, uh, Coach Venables, had them fucking prepared. I do believe he out coached. Uh, Sarkeesian out there. I, I think coming out there, the first drive, second play of the game, Quinier's throwing interception doesn't help neither. It sets up a short field for Dylan Gabriel, and that's electric offense. You can't give Oklahoma a short field. Second drive, another interception. Uh, I mean, there's nothing you can do. You're forcing the defense to to play short field, and it doesn't matter what, if you're the Georgia Bulldogs defense. If you give them fucking 40 yards, 50 yards of the fucking drive, they're going to score. It's just the way it works in the in sports, essentially. But I like where we're at. We did get a blocked punt. We did make a comeback. We took the lead, and then our fucking defense did give the lead back up with 15 seconds. Unfortunate. We lost by four with three turnovers. I'm not heartbroken. Like I said, we're still in a situation where we can pull it out. But I don't know what you boys saw, but I think it still sets up for a potential big game if we both went out or whatever. You know, essentially, that's the way it works out. I just saw yeah, it. I mean, two... I... Go, go ahead, Doc. No, you okay. go ahead. You go ahead. All right. Well, um, no, Texas Texas play electric. I mean, Quinn Ewers, aside from those two interceptions, was damn near perfect that entire game. You take those two interceptions out of it, 31 to 35 for 346 yards and a score. Um, I think, for me, the issue was, in fact, Sarkeesian and the play calling. Um, there were some very interesting plays that had me scratching my head a lot throughout that game. Um, honestly, one of the most entertaining starts to a football game I think I've ever seen. That first quarter was, I mean, so back and forth and and – the announcer said the best one. What else can we possibly see in this game in this first quarter, you know, that we haven't seen already? I mean, that was that was like a circus out there in a good way. In a good way. The um, whole game though was like that too, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, the whole game, but that first quarter especially though was was unbelievable. But um Quinn Ewers, I thought, played phenomenal. I mean, like I said, you take those two picks out of it early, thirty one to thirty five, almost three hundred and fifty yards. I mean, the guy was electric, hit the open man. Um it goes back to what wasn't that the the first and goal from the one and couldn't convert. Yeah, we did three straight runs and then we decided to do a pass. And the pass was a good pass. It was just a, you know a couple inches short. And I thought that you mix in maybe a pass on second down or third down, throw them off guard. Don't be so predictable with fucking two defensive linemen in the backfield with Jonathan Brooks. Yeah, no uh, play action on second down would have definitely done it. You hate to see 350 yards and one touchdown thrown. I mean, and that goes back to where the the lack in the play calling was at. I mean, yours was hitting the man that they just weren't giving him the opportunity in in the red zone to make the to make the touchdown pass. So um, tough tough to see that. I thought Texas outplayed them overall, even defensively. I mean, there were definitely some issues and some holes, but overall, I'd say Texas outplayed in every aspect of that game. So. That's where it comes down to the coaching and the game management. I do think, though, it's not an excuse. Sanders, you could tell, wasn't healthy. He was still banged up. Maybe he shouldn't have suited up. He only had the one catch for 13 yards. But Worthy and, and Whittington, you know, Whittington stepped up. Uh, he's still a pretty good receiver, but stepped up in the absence literally of, of JT uh, Sanders. So, I, I, Luke, but your boy Dylan Gabriel, I understand he had a good drive yeah. to win the game. But his legs, I thought, was honestly the – low-key reason why Oklahoma on offense was controlling some of that game. He was fucking yeah, he, moving out there. He's not known yeah. as a uh, scrambler, neither. No, I, that that's part of the reason he moved off from UCF is because uh, Gus Malzahn likes the mobile quarterbacks, and he that's not something he really wanted to do. But I guess this, this game, if he needed to run, he ran. And he did 14 times for 113 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, he was the leading rusher on his team by far. Plus, yeah. you know, not a bad game. Not a bad he game passer. the offense. Yeah. Now, like – 
285 for a touchdown. Not bad, not bad passing either. So, yeah, I mean, he was, he ran the offense, uh, and I guess the coaching a little bit better on OU for this game too. But outstanding game to watch. It was probably one of the better games this season overall. You know, Big 12 likes high high power offenses and not very much defense. So a lot of points. They got the it. Board. Well, <laughs> this was a mixture. Of it was a mixture. And the, I know it's 34-30, but, you know, Ewers having two turnovers, that's the defense. I mean, uh, <clears throat> we played defense when we – I think we had to block punt at special teams, but we did have yeah. uh, one of the, the, inter- the turnovers. Our defense did stop them uh, from scoring. So uh, – because we also, we also had two fumbles too. So it wasn't just – interceptions so i think we had three or four yeah no sorry we had a fumble too so the defense was playing good on both sides it was just the score doesn't dictate that yeah i don't think i don't think either one of these teams really dominated the other they were pretty close matched up i mean third down efficiency five for 14 for both teams i mean texas did have three for four and fourth down oklahoma had a failed fourth down attempt i mean the rushing attempts oklahoma had 43 Texas had 40. I mean, the rushing yards were pretty much the same. 201 for Oklahoma, 156 for Texas. I mean, both of these teams were pretty much matched up evenly. The big thing that hurt Texas is penalties. Oklahoma had four penalties for 30 yards. Texas had nine for 70. Penalties crucial. And then turnovers. I mean, when you win the turnover game, Oklahoma had zero. Texas had three. I mean, when you have penalties stacked on top of turnovers, you're going to lose a game. And Especially I mean, the I think are, are getting you out of third and long jams. Yeah, he was out coached by by my. I thought Sarkeesian first time this year he was out coached, and it showed. It really did. I mean, I honestly thought at the very end of the game, instead of kicking that field goal, you should have just fucking went for it. You should have put trust in your defense and tried to go for it. Well, go for the win, calling, run the clock out. But play calling screwed us too. That's that was like what Doc was saying. Play calling on that last drive, we were driving the ball well, and then. I think we had a flag in there and then play calling got soft and then we played conservative. And when you play conservative, sometimes it bites most. I mean, I feel like most of the time it bites you in the ass. You don't want to play because you left Oklahoma too much time. And well, I, I, it, was it definitely, it definitely bites you in the ass playing conservative because you spend so much time taking trying to uh, spend so much effort trying to take time off the clock. And then the defense comes out and now they're playing flat footed because they spent so much time just standing on the sideline trying to take six, seven, eight minutes off on the run game. Hockey is is where you see it the most with with defense uh, or you know playing conservative, but yeah, playing it, it opens up holes. It gives the other team op- uh, way more opportunities to to find you know the open man and get the ball downfield. It's why those why those late drives are so effective in a lot of schemes. But I, I do like boys that these the two teams these guys or us in Oklahoma were going to the SEC. Like I said, I don't think we're gonna go in there and just dominate the SEC. It's not what I'm saying. But I'm interested to see now how we compete with the big boys in the SEC. Like I said, we were talking about the NIL, the transfer portal. It's making things a lot more equal, a lot more even. So I like where these two teams are going. I don't like where Oklahoma's going. I wish for them to fail. But us going to the SEC does show that maybe the Big 12 powerhouses can't compete with, with the big dogs. So I'd like to see it. And I'm interested to see these two teams. They're set up for the playoffs still. Both of them still have a shot. Oklahoma, a better shot now. Both schedules, though, fairly easy for these two teams. The remainder Luke, of the give, season. Give us one for old time's sake, Luke. Yeah, throw horns give down us one, as well. Give yeah. us give us one for old time's oh. sake. Come on. There it is. Can I turn my lights off like UCF's been doing the last four weeks, three weeks? Oh. Oh. Turn, turn our lights off. Our they got good uniforms, though. Got the good uniforms, uniforms do look – I will give them the uniforms. They do look nice. Probably wouldn't have picked Maybe. Oklahoma State to play to wear them, but – Way to schedule should... lines up. Y'all sure that's an easy game game for that one. Well, Oklahoma State's not the Uh, best this year, but. Yeah, they they, they, they might be UCF. I mean, pretty much everybody is. UCF's wishing they had USF back on their schedule, but hey, it is Uh, what it is. No, we're not. They almost beat Bama, so they're not a slouch either. Well, UCF is in last place, though, in the Big 12 through the first uh, six weeks or seven weeks, whatever, so. Just hopefully you guys hopefully you guys start winning some games. I like to see it. I like to see you guys yeah. compete. And get yeah, we'll there. see. We ju- we just also extended Gus Malzahn, so uh, he is not on the hot seat. If you guys are wondering, that's fucking terrible. Wait, he's not on the hot Has seat. Why, why would he be in the hot seat? First year in the Big Twelve. Not be in the hot seat because he's a fucking terrible coach. No, well, because first in so. big. Well, first in the Big Twelve, your three. You won your three out of conference schedule games, which were cupcakes, and then your own three in the conference. So I mean. Yeah. 
Well, he's not. And you guys, and you guys have got. Wait, wait. You, you're outscored. So in three games, you scored 88 points against the Big 12, and you give up 131 points. So I think it's a mixture of defense and offense. Uh, you're only scoring like 20 some points a game against the Big 12. So it's first, we'll see, first year. First year, yes. First year, but Oklahoma, Texas leave. So it's it a little anymore. easier. Yeah, they'll look a lot better when Oklahoma and Texas leave. Oh, yeah. They haven't even played a shit. They haven't played either of us yet, though, neither. Hey, just just wait. Oklahoma, next week, upset alert. (laughs) (laughs) Upset alert. There's a hot take. Are you saying upset alert like you guys get the first kickoff and you're the first team to score and then the game's over right there? Hey, it should be an interesting matchup. Oklahoma's just going to walk off the field. Gabriel going against UCF? It'd be interesting. Oklahoma's yeah, going to walk off the field out of embarrassment. Like, UCF just scored on the opening kickoff. We were, oh, we're done. Oh, God. Yeah, get on the bus, boys. We're done. But they, they don't want to get embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. We can't make this look but, any worse than that. So, everybody on the bus. We mentioned the SEC, boys. And the University of Georgia, We I know you guys weren't here last week when we talked about it. But Georgia, we, we did hit on, are, are they struggling? Like, what's going on with Georgia? They seem to find their groove, boys, as they played – Literally a lights out game against Kentucky. 51 13. Kentucky was ranked 20. Very good, time. Kentucky. Uh, I still think Kentucky was a little overrated, but it's still a great win. It's the first time Georgia has covered the spread all year. So, can we put the question of Georgia being maybe not so good this year and like they're just a, a fucking weak number one team? Can we put that to bed now, finally? I think I think we can. I mean, the past games when Georgia they started off slow, then they'd build up. I mean, look at the South Carolina game; they played like shit. I can't think of the other one. Um, Auburn. Right now, it was Auburn. Yeah, last week they only won by what six or something. The following weekend, so I mean, they started off slow. Beck didn't look phenomenal, but I mean, right off the gate, Georgia scored and kept scoring and kept scoring. Like they weren't letting up like they usually did. I mean, they put they put some points up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their, uh, schedule, their schedule is their schedule is not that bad coming up too. So it's it's pretty easy for them just to fucking run the table. So I mean, I, I don't see Georgia going anywhere unless they lose something they're not supposed to. It's Anybody can win on any yeah. single day. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, Ole Miss and Tennessee might have a chance at them, but they they got a tough one next week in Nashville uh, against against Vandy. They got Mizzou coming up, too. Mizzou played them hard last year when they were actually a true number one Georgia team. Or or they got to go to Tennessee to play, too. So Tennessee might show for that game. Tennessee's losing this week at home against A&M. You heard it here first. I can see that happening. Possible. I don't know. I think I think Georgia, I mean, there's been some question marks in the offense, but this defense has still been lights out. I mean – overrated Kentucky or not, they're ranked 20. Devin Leary, 10 of 26. They held him to 128 yards rush or passing, 55 yards rushing. I mean, at the end of the day, if this defense can play like this against top-ranked teams, I mean, the offense doesn't need to be superior. The offense can be just as good as it needs to be to get wins. Um, and I, I don't think that takes away from them being a number one team. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks is like we have these huge games like the Big Ten to be playing each other and the Pac-12 to be playing each other. And when the playoff committee does start to fucking put the rankings in, where do they put Georgia? Because the AP rankings out the window. Like they don't care if Georgia's been one all year. That's not what they're looking at, uh, honestly. So they might not have Georgia that high. They might not have Georgia's high as number one. So if they start winning big, I know me and you talked, Doc, we talked about that off air last night about – if you start winning big, it ch- it'll change the eyes of, of the committee. But in a couple weeks, let's see where George is at, how big they're winning. Vanderbilt, they're favored by 31 and a half. So they should just kick the shit out of Vanderbilt. And then, like you said, Missouri's a, uh, they played Missouri. Uh, Missouri played them tough last year. So the Tigers are really coming in to hopefully upset them. Florida's still on the schedule. I know it's not – they're not good, but it's a rivalry game. You never know what's going to happen there. And then, like, Luke's high on Tennessee a little bit. So maybe Tennessee and Ole Miss can sneak one in there. On old yeah, not, high. Uh, not as not as high on Tennessee anymore. Yeah, I was, I was about to say. I was. I, I saw old fucking what? What's his face? Milton throwing those deep balls. That's yeah, all, yeah, that's that, all I'm, going. I'm, that's all he has going yeah, for him. Yeah, got got me a little excited, but. Uh, but no, we'll keep an eye on Georgia. We'll definitely keep an eye on Georgia. I mean, they're always a talk. Uh, um, 
of what's going to happen with the Georgia Bulldogs. But, boys, two teams that struggled last week, USC and Louisville. Oh, I'm sorry, USC and the Irish. They've been struggling actually the last couple weeks. They play each other this week. How worried should oh, – the Irish, I think, are already eliminated. But how worried should USC be for um, the Fighting Irish this week? And then because, you know, they struggled against Arizona last week with a triple overtime, and that stupid-ass two-point conversion rule. Caleb Williams did not look amazing that game. So, USC struggling, Irish struggling, boys. I know that was your your two Heisman darlings there, Chris, of uh, Sam Hartman and Caleb Williams. Yeah, I mean, Sam Hartman came off right on track, looking good. But, I mean, I think after that Ohio game, I think something in him just, like, fumbled. Died. I mean, he had, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, he hasn't looked as confident as he was in the beginning of the season. I think that whole Notre Dame team just looked absolutely terrible. I mean, the game against Louisville last week, I mean, the coaches decided to, like, shuffle up the whole offensive line mid-game. I don't know, like, what that was really about. But I guess they were just trying to figure out something. But that team's a mess right now. Three interceptions against Louisville, too. They they yep. absolutely are just an absolute mess. I mean, Hartman Hartman came out, didn't play great, didn't play te- – I mean, played bad. Didn't play great, didn't play terrible. I mean, three interceptions is rough, but still 22 of 38 is an awful, 254 yards, over six average. Um, my problem, and I know that they just didn't get him going, 10 rushes for 20 yards, but SMA didn't really have any opportunity in this game. Um you know, Notre Dame, one of the reasons that Sam Hartman has been so effective is is through the play action and, and being able to use SMA on the ground and, and opening up that, that secondary. But this is a Notre Dame team that lost a close one to Ohio State. And like Chris said, I mean, it, it just deflated them. And I, and I don't know why, because even though you wanted to win that game, I don't, I'm not going to say it was expected that you won that game. Um, it was a very close fought game. I think that it was just very defensive, right? Um, I don't know if, if Hartman came out like, man, I suck. I'm never going to be able to complete a pass again because that's kind of what it's looked like from him out there on the field last week, especially um, was it Duke. Um, also a very, you know, upset alert, barely won that one. I mean, it just seems like this team is just falling apart at the seams. And mind you, you lost to a Louisville team where Jake Plummer came out and and passed 17 to 24, 145 yards. Jake Plummer came out past 145 yards. That is the defense showed up just like it has against Ohio State. Uh, you know, we talked about that before that the defense is what is now carrying this team because the offense is just deflating. But Plummer 145 yards and a great game by Jordan, uh, averaging 6.8 carries for 143 yards. But overall, this team 40 carries, 185 yards, a four and a half average, just over four and a half average. This team did not excel offensively to beat you by 13 points. Offense played, I mean, defense, I don't even, I'm still shocked how Louisville even found 33 points with with the numbers that they had, but that's that's that turnover battle, right? That's getting, that's forcing the turnovers and getting short field position to be able to put up points without having to work too hard for it. So good on Louisville to work smarter, not harder, but this, this Notre Dame offense has to figure it out. They've got to figure it out. You cannot have estimate coming out getting only 10 touches in the backfield. I know 20 yards is tough in those 10, but, I mean, you abandon that run game so quickly, you can. Now with, it, now with a guy like that, estimate right now to me is, is the highlight of this offense as far as I'm concerned. And with, with those close games, like we said, the close game with Ohio State and, and the close game with Duke uh, the following week, I mean, this was one of those that, like, nobody's I, nobody truly – envision Notre Dame dropping this game but it's been so close and they've been playing so soft the last couple of weeks it was like man it's it's bound to happen it's bound to happen it did today it did this week and, and Luke another team yeah. you know we were, were hammering on the Irish but you stayed up with me you know watching the USC game they only had 28 points at the end of the regulation I get it 43 points that's overtime points they scored 15 points count. in overtime yeah I mean it counts based on the stats but 28 the, at the end of regulation against Arizona and they've been struggling putting teams away. They struggled in Arizona State a little bit. They kept them in the game. Colorado came back a little bit. And now Arizona is USC in trouble. I mean, offensively, I think they're fine. But defense is just – it's not there for them, like, at all. They they have zero defense. Any team is going to be able to score in UCLA. So, uh, USC, um, they're going to have to go down the field, score almost every single possession if they want to keep winning games, especially once they start playing – uh, these packed 12 teams like uh, Oregon and Washington. So, I mean, 
they're going to score every single time uh, they get the ball. So they can't, they can't do what they did against Arizona because Caleb was struggling that game. I mean, I get it. He had a decent little fourth quarter, but for three quarters struggling against Arizona, you do that against Oregon, you do that against Washington, even Utah, like you're going to be behind. And uh, I don't know, man. I know Caleb is, is fucking looking phenomenal this year, but I think, I mean, just watching him last game, he looked burned out to me. I don't know what it is. They just they didn't even call plays he's carrying, offensively. He's carrying carrying the teams the whole time. He, he's the only reason USC is winning at all. It was like a twenty plus twenty plus difference on the play calls for for offense for for both teams. But both these teams play each other, boys, and I guess is it is it time that USC does finally lose their game? Is it time that? They go into South Bend, and we know Sam Hartman can play offense. Maybe not the last few weeks, but this USC defense can wake anybody up. So it's just the game that Sam Hartman puts it together finally again, puts USC on upset alert, and knocks them down a little bit. I, mean, I, I yeah. think you, they should definitely be on upset alert this week. This is the game for Hartman to get whatever whatever happened in Ohio out of his head and get the offense rolling again. I mean, the USC defense is – is terrible. We saw it against Arizona. Like you said, I think, Luke, you said it, that um, Caleb Williams is going to have to score every drive. And when USC starts playing these tougher teams that actually have a defense and then can stop them that one or two times, they're going to start losing games. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely, uh, you know, like you said, USC is going to have to come out and score every single drive and it's going to have to be a shootout. But Notre Dame is not the defense to try and do that against. Notre Dame's defense is still strong. Despite what happened in Louisville, I'm going to chalk that up. I mean, the numbers were low for Louisville, so I'm chalking that up as just good field position on the turnovers. So um, Caleb Williams, I don't think I don't think Caleb Williams looked too bad yesterday. I mean, he didn't have any turnovers. Um, or the one I fumble. Mean, he, the one fumble he loss. Had, but. He only had like 100 yards to the, like the first three quarters. Yeah, so I, but I, I think that that's just a lack of play call. Now, like I said, I mean, fourteen to twenty-five for Caleb Williams is unheard of. Um, so I don't know what's going on in USC offensively right now because they're not utilizing this team. I mean, 40, uh, forty-seven play calls total for the for the entire game is is kind of unreal for a high-powered explosive offense like USC. So. Um, if they're on upset alert, it's because of this defense. It's not because of the offense. Um, the offense is going to have to step, step up against Notre Dame to to keep up. But the question marks right now lie with the USC defense, and it's a shame for Caleb Williams and, you know, as he's preparing for possibly going into the draft, depending on, you know, what team is is going to be at the top of the draft there. But um, going into that and, and you know, you're gonna, you're, your, your team's going to get hit because the defense can't play and you're not, you know, you're going to take a chance and not making the playoffs because – defense just keeps shit in the bed i mean this sucks for him i'm doing it though boys i i'm going the upset i'm going the irish i think that they knock them off i i mean i i don't think usc is gonna stand defeated very long even if they win this game like i said they play back-to-back weeks of oregon and washington coming up in a few weeks but i think usc goes into south bend hartman gets it together the irish defense like you said doc very very good still they're not a bad defense they were on an unfortunate events because the offense let them down this past game against Louisville. I have the Irish. Uh, I might be close, but I don't see Caleb Williams dropping fucking 50 points on this defense. I think it's going to be a little more low scoring, maybe the 30s or 20s, high 20s. And I have the Irish. I have the Irish knocking them out. And I think that USC can't afford a loss to, to make the playoffs. I, I just don't. So I think USC loses here, and their playoff hopes just kind of go down the drain. Well, Mark, I think uh... – it's definitely not. You're not taking the upset there. Notre Dame is actually favored by three. In oh, this they game. are. They are favored, favored by three as of right now. So, <laughs> oh, um, damn. But no, it's like you nailed it perfectly with the defense. I mean, USC is giving up over 400 yards, and they haven't even played any of the high-powered offenses that that the Pac-12 has to offer. Right? Notre Dame is holding to 279 yards a game, which is phenomenal when you talk about playing against Duke, when you talk about playing against uh, ranked Louisville, when you're talking about playing against, you know, Ohio State, McCord, there's, there's been a lot of question marks there. But with Marvin Harrison and the run game in, in Ohio State, I mean, anything can happen. So the defense showing out against that shows that it's all there. Sam Hartman, like Chris said, Sam Hartman needs to just dispel whatever the hell he's got going on. Get the couch on the sideline for him during the game. So when something happens, he can let it all out. But he's got to find a way to get back on the horse because this is 100% 
his game for the taking. And if if Notre Dame does not take this game, I have no doubt it will it will fall solely on Sam Hartman's shoulders, and that'll be four weeks in a row where we've just kind of seen him fall off and and just completely fall apart. So that's to me that is like time to move on to a new quarterback at that point if he can't get whatever this is out of his system and find a way to get back on top because if there is a team that you're going to do it against it is going to be this usc defense you guys want the upset luke and chris or not upset i guess but they're two lost team they're undefeated so that's yeah, why i keep I mean, saying I'd, i'm sorry i would like to see Notre Dame win this game pull it off get him get him back on the road get him rolling again get sam Harmon's like you know get that get this uh shit off his back and fucking get back to playing football like he was projected to do at the beginning of the season. And this is the best opportunity for him to do it against a probably one of the worst defenses in the AP poll, like a top 25 team. So he, he wants to put Notre Dame back in like New York six, like bowl eligibility. He's going to have to win this game. Unless that he's going to get some shitty bowl game and have, have all the starters sit out. So. It's almost like they're coming out like, ah, screw it, man. Let the defense go out there. We don't really need to try too hard because Caleb Williams will bail us out. I'm, well, I mean, it almost feels like the Notre Dame team has given up. I mean, after that Ohio game. I mean, it looks like they almost given up on their coaches, like especially on the goal line to win the game and you only <laughs> send out 10 people. Like it looks like that took a locker room hit. I mean, it looks like the players don't want to play. And hopefully that switches up. Hopefully I'm just making shit up in my mind. But, I mean, I can see Notre Dame pulling off a win here in Notre Dame. The funniest part about that whole thing was that they reviewed it because they called him for 12 men on the field. And then he was shaking his head like, yeah, yeah, see, I'm I'm fucking stupid. I had 10, not 12. I had too little, not too many. Yeah, that's right. But all all eyes will be at the primetime nighttime for the primetime of the night for that. That's going to be the night game. But, boys, 3.30 Eastern, we mentioned, like Luke mentioned, the the real power hitters of the Pac-12 they haven't touched yet for USC. Luke said that Texas and Oklahoma was the game of the year possibly that might get topped this week as a rivalry of the Northwest. Oregon Ducks traveling to Seattle to face the Washington Huskies. This is the battle of the Pac-12. The winner will be pretty much in a good driver's seat unless they get upset somewhere down the road of the Pac-12, at least hopefully going undefeated the rest of the year, giving the Pac-12 a shot for the playoffs. I mean, it, it's nasty. Huskies have a good passing attack with Michael Penix and their three receivers. The Oregon Ducks have Bo, Bo – what is it? Bodacious? Bodacious Knicks. Yeah, his nickname's Bodacious right now. And then they have a good running game with their running back, and then both teams play defense. So what's going to give here, boys? I mean, this is honestly a fucking – if there was a game that's a coin toss, it's this game right here. I mean, I feel like any team could go out there and win this game. Yeah, I think that this one uh, this one can be up for grabs. I think that the Oregon defense is still going to play a lot tighter than Washington, um, just by the numbers even. I mean, Oregon's been, been holding opponents to a lot less other than that Texas Tech game. Uh, shout out, by the way. I don't know if uh, – I mean, oh, yeah, I do remember that game. They won eighty-one to seven against Portland State earlier this year. I do remember that game. Um, yeah, their yards are better. The, I mean, the yards are a little better, obviously by by hundred. Honestly, for the Portland Ducks, State, but... by the way, came out two weeks after that game and beat North American ninety-one to zero. Talk about a morale booster. But Doc, do you think Oregon's going to have one of those traditional Oregon uh, choke jobs where they play a, a big school, they play a high-ranking team, and they find a way to fuck it up? That's just what that's that's usually been the Oregon tradition. It has. Um, I want to say it's not going to happen this week, um, just because all the hype was there, even in that Colorado game. Even though we've seen that Colorado is not that elite team that everybody seemed, you know, wanted to think that they were. But even in that high-pressure situation, hearing the head coach talk to the players before the game and getting them in the right mindset and, and getting them to understand what this game is really about, what it means, and and what you're really fighting for uh, when he came out and said, we're playing for wins, they're playing for clicks. Um, so seeing them handle Colorado the way they did, that wasn't a close game. That wasn't, you know, they came out one by one score and and barely knocked off a a probably one of the worst top 25 teams that we've seen in the top 25 this year. Um, and seeing them handle business, it, it gives me hope that they're going to come out against Washington. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win, but at least, you know, keep that game close. This has all of the potential to be one of the most entertaining games. I mean, two two of the best offenses in the country right now. Um, 
again, the only the only question mark for me is Washington's defense and Washington. I'm not going to say Washington has played anybody super good. I mean, Cal, Arizona, you know, we saw what Arizona did to USC. You know, they did they did pretty much the same thing against Washington. Um, Michigan State, Tulsa, Boise State. I mean, not not easy teams by by any nature when you're talking about top power five opponents. And Oregon, you know, wiping out Stanford, Colorado, Hawaii. Well, Hawaii is Hawaii. And Texas Tech. And then, you know, we want to talk about the Portland State. Anymore, well, they but. struggled against Texas Tech that game in Lovington, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was their that was their only close game was that Texas Tech game. But playing on the road, that's still a, a Big Twelve team. I mean, still Power Five, so you know you still got to give respect there. They didn't struggle against a nobody. Um, so I, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be. I'm I'm torn on who I want to take. Uh, at this moment, Washington is the favorite by three points. I think solely because of of uh, Michael Penix Jr. in that receiving court they have. Um, and he has just been way more electric uh, this year. Not way more, actually. I'll, I'll take that back. He's got about 500 yards more passing. But Bo Nix, I mean, Bo Nix has been incredible to watch this year. He's been a lot of fun. And it's funny, all of the people that, you know, jumped on the Colorado bandwagon coming out like, man, Bo Nix didn't expect that. Like, are you stupid? Are you stupid? Did you, did you not expect people- that from Bo Nix, or did you just not expect Colorado State to be – or Colorado to be as bad as – as everybody really should have known that they were. People want to keep bringing up the Auburn days where the offense wasn't set up for Bo Nix. Bo Nix had a great year last year in Oregon. People forget about that. Like, That's they what I'm saying. Like, what do you mean you're surprised that Bo Nix played well? I mean, People are using that excuse that he is he's, he's the Stinson Bennett of college football. Dude's been in there for five years. Like the old days before COVID, you can still play five years in college football. People forget that rule too. He hasn't played his sixth year yet, so is that five with that's five with the red shirt though, right? Yeah, so he's in his fifth year, and he'll have a yeah. if he wants to come back next year, he can come back as a six year six year player because of COVID. And the, and the six year shit that's going to end in a couple of years. That's yeah, that's a COVID like, year. It's going to end in a couple of years, but that is what it is. I mean, you missed a year of eligibility over COVID. Like, I what kind of an excuse is always playing his sixth year? He's playing his fifth year because they didn't fucking play the COVID year. That's why they got the COVID year. All right. But all eyes there too, Luke. Oh, I bet there's gonna be a lot of scouts there as these two QBs potentially there for the draft. Everyone's gonna be yeah. looking at Penix and, and Bo. Both both of them potential first round picks too. And some of them hey, maybe top ten picks. Uh, we'll see. But Michael Penix just, better goddamn be a t- uh, first round pick. Yeah. I right. Bo Nick's possible first round pick too, but or early second. Uh but it's gonna be an exciting matchup. I mean, two of the best offenses we like we already said. Uh Outstanding uniforms coming from Oregon this week. They're going with the eggshells. I always love the eggshells. Probably one of my favorite uniforms from Oregon. Eggshells and chrome helmets. So to me, they're mm. looking good. Uh, they they have struggled a little bit on the road this year. So we'll see how it's gonna be a hostile environment. Uh, game day. So a lot. Everybody's be watching this game this week. So I'm excited for it. I can't wait to watch it. I I expect to be a shootout going both ways. Probably gets some good defensive plays in here too. So it's gonna be a fun game to watch. Probably, it could be the game of the year. This one could top uh, last week's game. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think though coming into this week, I think this is the biggest game of the year, just because. I mean, I know we got LSU and Florida State. Yes, ranking wise was probably higher, but seven versus eight in the middle of the season with the Pac-12. I mean, I know it's like the Big Twelve in the ACC where it's just top two teams advance, but this is a, a you know a statement game for both teams. Oregon's trying to get off that snide, like I mentioned, the dock of their traditional. We're Oregon. We're we're all cute with our uniforms, but then we fucking lose to a team like they got swept last year against Utah when they should have their favorite. I think in both games, Washington finally there. Hopefully, they've had a good couple of years now. So if we see them get back there, actually the last Pac-12 team to make the playoffs. So they're trying to get back hey. there for the first time since 2016. Hey, this this game right here doesn't decide the Pac-12 either. Both teams no. have to play five of the last seven games are all currently ranked opponents. Top 25 ranked teams are five mm. of the last 17, five of the last seven. So it's going to be – this game's not defining for the season. Like, they still have God, a the hard road ahead sure. of them. Yeah, Pac-12 stacked. Sucks that they're leaving. They're going to the Big 12 <laughs> and the, the Big 10. And yeah. I think the ACC. Well, they're, they're, no. they're probably losing all their quarterbacks too. And honestly, Such I'm not even more. looking. Like we're talking when we're talking, you know, best game of the year, and and saying okay, seven eight, seven versus eight, and Florida State, and LSU, you know, LSU is higher. Honestly, I'm not even looking at that. Right? It's it's what's on the line. It's what these teams have been doing all year. I guess you know, obviously, with Florida State and LSU, there there is no what they've been doing all year. Um, two new teams, but 
you know, I wouldn't even say, I mean, ranking wise, yeah, it's one of the top games of the year. I wouldn't say it was, I mean, we saw how LSU played. So, I mean, that was, you know, was that really the top game of the year? You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, but like hype wise, like going into the week. That's oh, you yeah. Said, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got but, the first big game of the year. It's always going to be super hyped up. Yeah, because yours were literally the biggest game of, of that weekend. Like, there was no really good, like, ranking-wise game. Oh, yeah, no, week heading, one was shit other that. than that. I don't, I don't think there's any other top 25 ranked games at all that week. No, that was the only one. So, I mean, and it was, what, five versus eight at the time? I think Florida State or LSU was five, Florida State was eight. If I'm not so. mistaken. But they're so, both top ten. Yeah, top ten. I think we've had a couple top ten matchups this year. Right. I mean – yeah, it's just a couple. I mean, we have, I don't think we, we've, we've had a couple borderline top tens, like the Bama Georgia game or the Bama Texas game, and then the Texas OU game was borderline for for that. But, yeah, but in even this in Ohio game, State like, and Notre Dame yeah. game, and that game was highly ranked. And oh, yes. honestly, yeah. defense has played well, good. but the offense, the offense, I, I'm not even going to say like the defense did play well, but I'm not going to say that was a like defensive game. I mean, the offense, regardless of the deal, the offense played like shit regardless. Yeah, but if, if these teams want to make it to the playoffs, like this is a key game to make it to the playoffs. There's gonna be a lot of what ifs if they uh, if they lose this game. Like they're gonna need a lot of other games to go their way if they try to win. Well, it'll be nice. It'll be nice when we go to the twelve man format, the twelve team format, because yeah. then a game like this that you expect, you know, it's coming because it's on the schedule and it's conference well, play. This doesn't this doesn't ruin playoff in. chance. And and Chris too, I want to get your opinion on this one too. The like they keep saying statement game too. If the winner of this game wins it, by the time the because you know it's going to be important to see where you're at. You want to be the one and play the, the weaker team. This team, this game could put you at the one spot or two spot because straight the schedule, no one's going to top that. And this is literally unless I guess you oh you to Texas as they beat the three team, but straight the schedule like this is going to be good for the either either or essentially for the winner. Yeah, this is going to be a good win for whatever team ends up winning, especially if it's like a dominant win, not just like a last second field goal like if one of these teams comes out and dominates the other this is gonna be a great w on one of their resumes for when college playoff rankings come out in top four i don't know i don't know how much they're moving up though top four is looking at a tough fucking week georgia and vandy michigan and indiana maybe not in the ap not the ap but when the playoff committee comes around it's gonna be different if they went out like they'll have more top top twenty five ranked wins than any other conference too, so they they'll have to put them at number one. Like it's gonna be hard not to. And that's why TCU last year got the the fortunate events because the last year the Big Twelve had some ranked teams in there. Like we had we were like the back twelve this year. We had like five or six ranked teams throughout most of the year. So it, it favored TCU, even though they lost the Big Twelve championship to Kansas State, kind of gave them that boost that they needed to uh, get that that third the fourth spot the third spot. Um, and a couple things else happened too. But before we move on, boys, the Washington Huskies athletic director has got one more fucking smart thing to say <laughs> before I hop off this Michael Penix bandwagon because I get it. You guys are riding high right now the last two years. But why the fuck are you talking about Ohio State and Texas? Like, I just have – I have no clue whatsoever why, o- why Ohio State and Texas are getting brought up with a team that we don't even play. You know, Ohio State doesn't play. They may play them next year when they're in the Big Ten. But – to sit here and say, like, we're using money to get everything we get and it hasn't shown anything lately. Buddy, the Huskies haven't been shit in the fucking 20-plus years. They've had a couple good seasons, yeah, but they haven't been in the championships. They haven't fucking been – they've been to one playoffs. Ohio State won the first playoff, buddy, fucking less than 10 years ago. What the fuck are you just because, talking about? It's because Washington is finally – because Washington is finally becoming relevant and they're trying to make an excuse for why they haven't been relevant for the last however many years. It is what it is. It's the same shit that fucking Saban's doing to cry about why Alabama is slipping, talking about the NIL and Jimbo Fisher. It's But he at least talks about his conference, though. Not He at least talks about his own fucking conference. This guy's talking about a team that's joining the SEC, and I guess he is joining. Because, dude, it's easier to poke the bear that can't reach you. You know what I'm saying? Well, there they got Ohio State coming up. You're not gonna shortly. fucking. You're not gonna come out here and talk about. Oh, Oregon's got money and they're doing this, and now you're playing Oregon. Oregon's gonna wipe the floor with you. Now you're distracted because you're making comments, and Oregon's head coaches and they're like, they're playing for clicks. We're playing for wins, and we saw how well that you know how well they did that with Colorado. So 
you keep the I, I was you, you keep the shit out you don't you don't shit where you eat you know what i'm saying and that's what he's doing there right and, and honestly fuck ohio state uh so you know i'm good with that well, i mean yeah I'm, I'm okay with that too like fuck ohio state but like god like but, but what did ohio state if tech, what did they what did they do to you texas got all that money they spent and they they can't win i mean well let's say well, they spent all that money on a quarterback they well, got right in the bench well, we're better at basketball than they yeah. are. We got to the lead they're, eight they're, last year. Highest paid players, the th- third string quarterback in Texas. Well, that's, that's his name. That's why he's a Manning. And so we understand why he's getting yeah, paid. Got all that money. Can't win shit. That's what I was, that's all he's saying. Well, I mean, I, I get it. like we have we have one thing, but Ohio State has Ohio State has been to championships in, in yeah. the last couple of years. I know it was COVID I haven't, year. I haven't heard the context it. behind like that that question either. Like I just saw the quote of it and sent it to you guys, but I didn't see like how he said it. Could have been like joking or something like that, but and taken the wrong way. But I don't know well, if you looked it up and saw. saw well, when, the when there's not a video attached to it, usually it is yeah. taken out of context. So yeah, it could be that. Man, I'm, I'm on this fucking bandwagon right now. I want Washington to be good, but Jesus <laughs> Christ, man, keep keep my team. You're just mad because he said hey, something like Will Texas. Smith. Like Will Smith said, keep my team's name out your fucking mouth. Just fucking keep it out, dude. Dude, go up there and slap the shit out of him and put him in his place, dude. Let him know what's up, and and he will fucking make a joke before cutting to a commercial break, and you'll never hear him talk about Texas again. Speaking of Will Smith, I think he just found out today he was not in a relationship for the last seven years. Yeah, I didn't bring bring this up talking about Will Smith. I I, I I said that to my... I sent that to another what? chat. I was like, "Is she still talking about this?" And we're like, I, "I just don't get it." I thought they were done for a while ago. But uh, yeah. boys, last college topic: a team that I, I'm I'm a little nervous for, as in I feel like the committee can fuck them down the road just because of their name for college football, not basketball. The North Carolina Tar Heels. They have their biggest test of the week against the Miami Hurricanes, who are coming off a fucking horrible choke job. Under 40 seconds left. And the other team, Georgia Tech, Yellow Jackets, have no timeouts. And you decide, hey, gee, let's fucking run the ball. And then guess what happens? The running back fumbles the ball. Georgia Tech drives like fucking 50 or 60 yards with not that much time left. No timeouts and wins the game. But this is North Carolina's big game against Miami, who's still ranked. Can North Carolina avoid what North Carolina normally does and choke, not pull a Miami, hopefully win a game they should win? I, I hope, I hope Miami chokes. Honestly, Miami hasn't played shit this year other than Texas A&M, and they did win that game. So props to them. Uh, defense has been solid for Miami. Offense has looked has looked good on the on the ground. Uh, pass offense looked pretty good too, but a lot of that coming from the ground. Uh, UNC, honestly, Drake May. I mean, he, he's got the yards, but he's looked a little underwhelming compared to to last season. There's seems like there's been kind of a step off from his performance. Um, it's going to be a tight game. It's definitely going to be a tight game. It's definitely one that Miami can win uh, because of that defense. So it's going to depend on how they stop that passing attack as the rush defense has been like superb for Miami. Um, but UNC is going to have to come out and, and shut that off. That, that offense down has been pretty quick. Yeah, it's a night game in, in North Carolina too. So Miami, you know, they got that bitter, that bitter taste in their mouth. They're coming out for fucking vengeance essentially. Um, I said the offensive coordinator should be fired from Miami. After the coach, not their next opponent. I'd be fucking well, Chris, tying up the coach to the to the field goal post for the next game. Chris Ball and the OC. I don't know who the OC actually is, but they should both be fucking fired or suspended without pay for a little bit because, like, there's just no yeah. way. Like, that's – Dude, Chris that's high Ball was hyped up knowledge. on fucking espresso. Dude was hyped up on espresso and just fucking sweating on the sidelines. and like, we're going for it. I just yeah, but Chris, is this the, the Drake May game that keeps his name up there in the draft uh, uh, stock, and then also winning out here? They beat Miami. They have a fairly good schedule. They can potentially meet Florida State. Does North Carolina keep this this run going? Yeah, I mean, this is the game to continue it for Drake May. I think he's clearly out of the Heisman running. I think that's out of hopes and dreams for him um draft stock i mean still building i mean he looks like a phenomenal pocket passer he can run the ball throw the ball so it'll be a big there's going to be some scouts there for sure watching him but i mean this is a team that we could potentially see fsu playing in the acc oh 100 100 like yeah, i said but- miami's coming out with a with a very well-equipped defense this year so i think for for the draft stock like you were saying chris i, I think 
Drake May is going to need a very strong showing against this good defense in Miami for to to get that draft stock up. Because I'm not saying that Drake May. Let me let me let me walk it back a little bit. I'm not saying Drake May's looked like shit this year, right? I'm not saying he's looked bad, but he has not looked like the Drake May the the, the electric. Drake May that we saw last year. So I think he's going to need to come out and, and put up a showing against a, a one of the better defenses uh, numbers-wise, I mean, for, for what it's worth and who they've yeah. played this year in the country in Miami. But he's going to need to put up some numbers. Yeah, well, eight touchdowns, four interceptions passing for Drake May. So it's, it's it. a little rough. Little, little yeah, rough. That's warm, what I'm saying. It's not – I mean, 1,400 gonna... yards is good, but the completion percentage is not what we've seen with other schools. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think his draft stock's falling a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll still probably get it done. He'll be a first round pick somewhere, and he'll do probably well in the NFL. But it's it's gonna be tough. I would love UNC to come out and fucking put a fucking beat down to Miami. Uh, you know, three of us from Florida, well, and Florida State fan. Uh, Miami fans are just terrible. Fuck Miami, dude. Yeah, See, I have I have two buddies that listen to the show. They say yeah, Miami, we're all against Florida State, though. That they, they yeah, hate Florida my, State. Miami fans are just terrible. Oh, First off, comment. the majority of Miami fans didn't even go to school, so I I don't understand why your fans at school you even go to. So that's tough. Like they, they can't afford hey, to go to school. They're not smart that, enough to go to hey, school. Why, why doc, you gotta we can't take a personal shot like that, dude. Yeah, Doc, we can't be fans of our school anymore. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, go I'm gonna school. I'm gonna take one class at Florida State just to fucking spite you on that. There's the list okay. of rules that yeah, you there's a list of rules. Yeah. By. There's there is a list of rules and. Most of my fans don't fall on those list of rules. So, question is, why were you when you moved to Florida? Then why were you a Maryland fan? You weren't living in the state. That 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 was in the that was in the rules. That was in the rules. So, so is, is, the rules. is from where you're living or where you're born and you spent most, or most yeah. of your life? So, what are the, what are the let, let's my, clear this up? What are the rules? Paris went to Maryland too. So, I honestly can't remember. This was like it came yeah, out. Yeah, this was this is like this was during the summer before I think before yeah. you, we uh, got you in yeah. one of the chats. Yeah. So. This was yeah, one of the first couple went, episodes. Yeah. You have to have parents. I'm from Maryland, so they kind of, I think that falls in the rules. Yeah, so like your parents have to go from, like, that'd be a long, a long, a matter, a long, a Yeah, they have to have gone to the school, or like you have to be from the state, or you have to go to the yeah. school, essentially. You can't just pick a school. I feel like that should be like the NFL, then, too. Like, you can't. Fucking root for a team that's not in your state, then I guess too. If you want. To well, I mean, to be that. fair, then I mean, my 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 mom lived in Florida for years, and I spent many many summers yeah. in Florida. I mean, not lived there, but I spent many many summers down there. You, but you no, spent for me, summers, but you're not from there though. That's no, the no, no. For me, no. For me, it was just it was the first college football game that I ever watched on TV, and I just kept watching them ever since then. And we're talking that's like this was like too. this was like nine ten year old me. This was not fucking like twenty six year old me. You know, just discovered with college football. This is like hey, nine, ten year old me. So I mean, I've been watching Florida State for fucking years. Luke didn't write the rule book. He's just enforcing. I didn't write the rule okay? book. Just no, I just get it. enforcing I get it. it. I get it. But Miami, no, Hurricane oh, fans fuck are it, fucking done, dirty dude. and cheap. Yeah, I'm done. Cheap yeah. though. Take yeah, take yeah, my shit off. Are... A sports page posted it too. So oh, yeah. it's yeah, it's credential too, Doc. If you're on Instagram, you would if you fucking actually open our messages on Instagram, you'd see all the shit. That, uh, Luke, Luke's, Luke's keeping us fucking like on our toes right now. I'll keep you guys in check. He's, he's keeping, keeping us informed on the best, you the have, best people. You have to have a blue check mark next to your name on social media to be uh, credited to, even though anyone can get yeah. a blue check mark next to their name. Yeah, so you got to pay for that check mark if you want to be reliable. Yeah. Some of them are exactly. grandfathered in. Some companies and some uh, people. Yeah, I think I think most of them. Most of them are probably grandfathered in. They, well, Instagram, I don't know. Twitter, Twitter. They said they were getting rid of all that shit because there were a lot of. Prominent people Elon that were like, was, I have to fucking pay for my blue check mark now. I Elon think Elon was allowing some. Some people complain about it, and Elon paid for him. Well, I guess that's what it is. I guess we're all rooting for North Carolina. I mean, if, the Miami Hurricanes are actually the only floor team I, I actually don't care about. Like, I mean, I don't mind them being they're, good. They're I, I don't like the Gators. Terrible. Don't like Florida State. Not not you, Doc, because you're not the Florida Gator State fans, fans that we're used to. The Florida State, Florida fans we see on Facebook because we're from there. It's bad. So that's yeah. why we don't like them. Oh, dude, I live with you got so team. many. You got so uh, many goddamn fans that that are not like go. real and, and and see their team it. for say what it, it is. It's like it. folks <laughs> that in in say the fucking it. Willie Taggart era that are like, oh, we're gonna win. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Willie Taggart was dog shit. We had a terrible team. No, he's saying he went a different route there, Luke. He went a different no, route. I thought I, th- I thought he was gonna say so many Miami fans that don't even live in Florida or something like that or. I, I didn't go to school. 
Hey, Doc spent summers there. Okay, he understands. He spent hey, summers yeah. there. Right. You got something. Right. Hey, you got, you got something. Yeah, I got, I got spent time in the states. Hey, 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 hey! I, hey, I was in Austin getting drunk last year, Fourth of July. Okay, I was yeah. in Lake what? fucking Travis. No, a whole season, drunk. Mark. Not a fucking day. You got a whole season. All right, I've been. Hey, how many the hey, you've been to? Fucking one week in Texas. This is the whole goddamn summer. That's what it fucking felt like. It was hot as shit for the whole how fucking many week. I was there. Been to Mark? Haven't been any. I haven't had a chance to. They haven't traveled mm. out here to Florida or anywhere I've been. I've been to so. more Longhorn games than you. I, I really <laughs> hope though that they play at South Carolina while I'm while I'm there. I'm only an hour from the college, so yeah. I, I really very, hope that they play there 2025. Well, they will at some point. Very hard to hit the horns down in there. Austin when they're fucking blowing out the Raging Cajuns. Well, the horns were up that game, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't throw any horns horns up, but I also did, didn't have the opportunity. Down. I didn't have the opportunity because they just blew out the Rage Cajuns. But hey, that's enough college talk. We have a few minutes left. Let's t- let's just throw some fantasy start sits out there. Doc, you know, highest score in uh, Dynasty last week. Chris, impressive. Uh, Chris, unfortunately, Bro, you lost two score, games in a row. In yeah, highest yeah, score, biggest blowout, highest uh, overall single performer for the year. Christian McCaffrey is the highest uh, single game fantasy earner. I have, by the way, I was looking at, I have the number one, four, eight, and nine running backs in Dynasty. So, I mean. And you're two and, you're two and three. And two and three. <laughs> Dude, it, it was a rough start. It was a rough start. We're bouncing back. Uh, we're going to shit Montgomery on. on the bench that, he had Montgomery on the bench one week. That The week he Yeah, that one hurt. Out. We're going to shit on uh, Turkey this week. You I got I to gotta make a cut. I'm having a hard time on who I want to cut less. Because I got they Chris won't let me too. make adjustments to my lineups until I fucking cut somebody. You lost to Chris with a a goose egg zero and a guy that didn't play week one, so that was a rough well. Game. That just that was, goes to show how well as other fucking loss. players play, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But Chris, you know you're falling back a little bit, and I know it's still early, but um, you've lost two in a row now in redraft. So big, big week for you this week. No, 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 no. I, one, I won last one? week. I only lost okay, one in redraft. I won Luke's this week, big, this past week. Luke's got a big matchup as he's facing his brother, Wade Rule, the other rule. Battle the Rule brothers out there. Yeah. Battle so, the Rule. Are, are you planning on scoring for, points in Dynasty this week this year? Or? No, I'm in I'm he's in the contending for the yeah, I'm in the contending for the first overall. Hey, he's you trying to win though. He's, yeah, you he's putting his like players in for a first overall pick. Let me look at this team. Do you do you want a first overall pick, Luke? He's tanking he's tanking for Caleb. I yeah. I tr- I try to give you a first round pick. But you didn't want him. Okay, that was not a good trade. All right, buddy. But and then boys, <laughs> the first, I, I got a big matchup. First round for, I, I first round for uh, Jamar Chase. I think it's fair. I gotta start winning. I'm one in four. So that, so that I have second round for last me week. for your Justin Herbert's a good trade. Huh? My first rounder for your, for Justin Herbert is a good trade. Then. I'm gonna throw two no. first rounders in there. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. So so Jamar's not worth worth more than one first rounder. Okay. Well, well, we know how Luke I, is about well, the I don't. So. I don't have a. I don't have another good quarterback. <laughs> you have Zach Wilson. You've been riding his dick Wait, this whole is, time. Is that the only QB you have? Hey, you should have got Gardner Minshew this week. Should have fucking put some money down yeah. on him. I, honestly, I haven't paid too much attention to uh, Dynasty that much. Well, shame on boys. So bad, boys. I'm shame fucking on Arizona. not good on the waiver wire. I didn't even pick anybody up to replace James O'Connor on my team or James Connor on my team. Well, shame. shame okay. Well, speaking of that, the Cardinals, everyone's been high on that one running back that got some uh, points. The Cardinals came out and said that uh, Ingram is going to be the starting running back. I'm assuming both are going to get carries. But as soon as I saw that, man, I was fucking picking up Ingram in every single league I had. Uh, Jake beat me to it. He fucking told me about it as as he was texting us. He was already picking him up. So he fucking. Hey, you did, you did, did the same that. thing in our league. Yeah. Don't you be did I, didn't, thing. I didn't pick him up, though. Jake had already had it, him. You picked him up in Sleeper. Oh, I, I originally I originally had him in sleeper and I dropped him last week and then I picked him up again. Yeah, so don't bitch about it. But um, moving on no, to starts and yeah. sits of the week. Hey, yeah. I'll start right here. Start Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence. He had a big week one against the Colts and Indianapolis. They're coming back from London at Duval County. I think that Trevor Lawrence and uh, piggyback that with Cal Ridley. He really had a big game two week one. I expect both of them to go off against the Colts. Question marks uh, with the offense might put the def- their defense in tough spots. So more scoring opportunities for Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Ridley this week. 
Yeah, I have both uh, Vikings wide receivers, Jordan Addison and K.J. Osborne. Both of them are tied with uh, team highs of target shares with 19.6%. Jordan Addison, I mean, route participation, 80%. So he's pretty much in there every snap. Jordan Addison's going to be picking up Justin Jefferson. K.J. Osborne has that more veteran leadership in him. So, I mean, look at him in the end zone. So I think these two are going to be great Justin Jefferson fix if you're one of those poor teams that have them. Yep, I, I am that poor team that has Justin Jefferson, so he is going to be a sit for me. Uh, replacing Justin Jefferson, I'm going to go John, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, JT. So uh, he had six wow. attempts last week. I would expect that to start to grow gradually coming up. Uh, Gardner Minshew is going to need the uh, running game to help him out. So I would expect a heavier dose of Jonathan Taylor this week. So I'm starting Jonathan Taylor. Get him in the end zone. Get him in the end zone. Start Zach. Well, Moss. I don't, That's what I, I, don't, I don't have a lot to go with, so. Chris, I apologize. I was, who did you say? I was sending a trade while you were while you were talking. Who'd you say? He's Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne. God damn it! I was going to say Jordan Addison. You son of a. You you want to have mine, Doc? I have another one for you. you can sit. I have two sits for you. You can fucking talk for me. You can say sit CJ Stroud and Nico Collins who they're playing against a tough Saints defense this week. Yeah, I mean, just going off that one, mine's mine CJ Stroud. I mean, he put up his first sub twenty point outing last week since week one so i mean he's been he's been putting up points failed last week he's racked up at least 240 yards per game i mean he's going up against a saints defense that's fourth against the pass right now with only 183 yards per game and the saints have only given up the second fewest passing touchdowns at five right now in the league so and i think he's going to throw his first interception this game me too i like it i like it i'm going to go with my sit is going to be um the Baltimore Ravens uh, receiving core. Um, I'll leave I'll leave Mark Andrews out of that. But I mean, looking real ugly last week against against not a strong not a strong Pittsburgh defense by any means. I mean, the the, the offense just looked rough. Um, six or seven or eight drop passes last week is going to hurt a team anytime. Um, so sit him. Hopefully Lamar can 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 make it work because that was that was awful. And Lamar, I have by two the way, names. Luke, while you're reviewing that, remember Lamar is the number one quarterback in the NFL. Just keep that in mind. Oh, he is. PFF said so. Never mind. Never mind, Luke. Never mind. PFF said so. Hey, but an interesting two names because they play each other. Sit Brees Hall and sit DeAndre Swift. I know Swift is hot. The Jets defense is good. I know a lot of you guys don't have – you didn't draft Swift to be a number one or number two, so he's is probably your flex spot anyways. Sit DeAndre Swift just this week. Take a chance on it if you if you have a lot of depth at that flex spot because Jets defense is pretty good. There's a lot of weapons in the passing game. So focus on the run game. Force hurts to beat you in the air with no play action and no swift to back you up. And same thing with Brees Hall. Eagles are going to be gunning for him. Yeah, I'm also going to sit the uh, the Cowboys defense again. Uh, yeah, they're going against a high-powered offense with the Chargers. Uh, Cowboys defense is hit or miss. They're going to either fucking ball out or they're going to do nothing. So it's either positive or negative for Cowboys defense, and I think it's going to be a negative this week. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as bad as last week, but still. And I'm starting the Miami Dolphins offense again. So Miami's going against, uh, what, New York? Carolina Panthers. Oh, no. no. Yeah. yeah, yeah going, Carolina Panthers. A, yeah, the Panthers. So, I mean, the solid chance they might get a nice interception <laughs> off of uh, Bryce Young. Uh, the wide receiver core isn't there for uh, – the Panthers and I think Miami's offense is going to be so powerful that their defense may not be on the field too often. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to change things up a little bit here. We don't talk a whole lot about tight ends. I'm going to go start Cole Komet of the Chicago Bears. Um, the guy is number four right now in PFF, coming off of back-to-back solid weeks PFF. going up against. There we go. Yeah, Reliable source. <laughs> yep, going up against Minnesota. Um, as Justin Fields has continued to get better and look more comfortable in the pocket and play like a quarterback, Komet is getting involved a lot more. Um, this is a guy that has, you know, gone back and forth each season between being a red zone threat or a touch, you know, an end zone threat to being uh, just a very uh, used person in this uh, user, used uh, receiver in this uh, offense. Justin Fields, we've seen, loves, you know, those short passes with that Chicago offense, so it makes Cole Komet a great option. Uh, but a big guy, bulky guy that finds a way to get open consistently. Um, over the last three seasons, the Bears have, have used him very consistently to get points. So um, don't sleep on him. 
Excellent tight end choice. Well, one last one, big one. Sit Travis Kelsey. He's supposed to play, but his ankle is still not 100% healthy coming off a short week. He might even get hurt. So if you have a second tight end, if you have a Sam Laporta backing him up, put Laporta in. Don't think twice, man, because Travis Kelsey is going to be targeted that game uh, by the Broncos defense, not the best defense, but double him That's, up. Maybe he gets hurt too. Tackle That's a tough one. That was a tough one to sit, even though he hurt his ankle, came back, and he scored a touchdown so last week. So, I mean, I think he still plays. Adrenaline was running last week. The probably got a nice little shot, shot in the locker room, too. But, hey, boys, I hope we have a good weekend here. We have some fantasy football to worry about starting tomorrow. We have, I don't know if everyone's playing any uh, Broncos or Chiefs players, but you have our teams, LSU. Plant Auburn, UCF on bye week, same thing with Texas, Florida State, Syracuse, and then, uh, you know, uh, some NFL games to look forward to. So good luck, boys, with all things balls related. That is Doc. Have a good weekend, Doc. Have a good weekend, Luke. Have a good weekend, Chris. I'm Mark Davis. This is all about the Boss Podcast, and we are out. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls Podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Sack House.